morning or whatever it is, whatever time you're listening to this and wherever you're at, good to have you here. I'm your host, Jordan. This is Starting a Startup. Now, if you're new to this podcast, what this is is me. What this is is the company at High Caliber Carding Entertainment. I'm just keeping track of everything that we went through through the process of starting up a business from scratch. So it's about a $2.2 million project where we're opening up a brick and mortar indoor entertainment center. Um, we also have some technology on a separate side of the company uh, or another company. So all these things I'm talking about, they're hopefully going to help people kind of understand some of the steps that it takes and the direction and the obstacles you'll run into. Um, but as I've said in prior podcasts, and just keep this in mind, this is the best information I have at this point right now. I'm, everybody has to go through this learning process, and you're going to see these steps as you go through. And once you identify them and you see what's going on, you may have heard what I said and what I've done, and you can maybe make adjustments accordingly. But what I'm saying right now, I might find two weeks from now is not accurate. So listen ahead, spend some time going through the different podcasts. Talk to your friends about it. That way you get a, you get a holistic understanding of what happens through the process of starting a company like this. So anyways, guys, uh, to give you an update of where we're at, we finally have building permits and they're starting to put up walls or studs, I should say. But it's starting to it, it's starting to taste quantifiable. It's, it's, it's real. Um, now, we still are waiting on the health department. So that's a huge step of the process is getting that, that, uh, that, or that uh, permit coming through. Um, they gave us the go-ahead to continue building without having that permit. Uh, they felt very confident we'd end up getting it, but there's a lot of little details like how the plumbing's connected and uh, what you're gonna, what types of equipment you're gonna be using, and um, specifications for water reheat rates and stuff like that. These are all things that you have to have and take into consideration to operate a good kitchen. So they're making sure that we're thinking about it. So it's it's very nice in the process. We're still waiting on liquor license too. Right now we're under investigation which is a step of the process where basically I have to resubmit all the additional stuff that I've submitted already before, but then I got to go do an interview with somebody to make sure that he understands that I'm not a piece of shit and I'm going to make sure I take care of all the people coming into our facility. It's a good thing. It gets me thinking. It gets me holding myself accountable to make sure that we are doing those things right. Uh, so those are the last two pieces of the puzzle and we can really get rolling, but uh, they're grinding the floors. They've gotten pretty much everything demoed out. We did make a transition to a uh, advanced lighting control system and LED changeover to try to reduce our impact on the environment and be conscientious about our energy consumption. So they're uh, going through and doing that process right now, which that's going to have some cool features that'll tie into the technology as well as time goes on. Uh, hopefully, if you're listening to this down the road and you're taking on a franchise, hopefully you'll see this with our lighting options that we're going to be releasing. Uh, but anyways, guys, today what I wanted to talk about is hitting those mental walls. So recently, just actually, and I say recently, yesterday, we went through a process as a team of just a real difficult conversation between us all of everybody on a different page of communication on what our sales are going to look like. Now, here's the thing. We've all been waiting to go out and to start to pre-sell events and packages and things like that. But internally, we all had a wall. None of us really wanted to get out there and really push it because we didn't know what we were really selling. We didn't understand how we were gonna organize it. And it makes it very difficult to, to do that. If you have no idea what the fuck you're selling, how do you go sell it? Well, ultimately, it had to just start somewhere. 
Now, I've been pushing for that Zach and Connor are in charge of selling on this, and I've been pushing for them to be moving in that direction of focusing on that because that's a huge part of this startup is pre-revenue sales. The thing was is we weren't getting any traction. When I stood back and looked, I realized that we spent all of our time on social media campaigns and online marketing, but we don't even have a facility up and operational. Those are going to be beneficial, don't get me wrong. We have a great uh, a, a great picture of who we are online exactly uh, through our social media. But what we need is we need us to be driving that business. So the mental wall we were hitting, and none of us realized it, was we were all refraining from going out and really pushing for the sale because we didn't know what we were selling, how much it was going to cost, all that. We thought we knew. We had it all written down, but it didn't all come together. Well, it was. I figured it was time for me to start getting out there and really being the person to do it first. So started going out and instantly putting it in people's hands. And when we started quoting things up, we started realizing that we had a lot of shit wrong. And that's one of the things that kind of gets me to think differently. about to, to, This is what I want to talk about, really, is... We avoided that, not on purpose. It wasn't in our conscious, like, oh, I don't want to go sell or anything. Like, we all felt like we're in our conscious that we want to, but our subconscious was saying, you're not ready, and it was holding us back. But what happened when we went and actually did it was we found out we were fucked. We had so many things wrong about how we were going to book things through and what packages we were going to put together. Uh, Even our marketing materials, our print flyers and stuff, those had to go in the trash at that point. Because it didn't make sense. It didn't organize well. Then we realized that we needed to know how long people were going to take in the facility. So one of the things I was putting together was a bachelor party. So a bachelor party, somebody's going to want to come to our facility. They're going to want to spend three to four hours. We've got a lot of entertainment offerings. It's actually quite surprising how much time you'll spend at our facility to hit them all. So as I'm going through and they say, all right, four hours, 15 people. This time of day, we want to be able to drink, we want to have food, I want to go go-karting, I want to go axe run, I want to play pocket soccer, I want to do the arcades, and I, I want to try out this new driver simulator, and can we have a VIP room, and all these pieces have to be put together, because it's our job to be an event planner. We're not just going to book out some fucking package that says, here's a VIP room, and you get eight go-kart races or some shit like that, and they have to go figure it out. No, we're going to have a goddamn concierge who's going to make sure that they have the best fucking experience that they can have. But we don't even know where to start yet. And really, we didn't plan on knowing until we got further along where, you know, there was walls and shit built that we could actually spread it out and figure it all out. So let's take go-karting, for example. A race is eight minutes long, and that might not seem like much, but go run a go-kart on a very highly strategic course for eight minutes at full speed. You're going to be wore the fuck out. Much more than that, you're not going to enjoy it. Now, of course, we also have the guys right now listening to this that are Billy fucking badass that, oh, I'm strong and I race all the time. That's not bullshit. Well, fucking calm the hell down, okay? The average person out there is not going to enjoy much more than eight minutes at a time. Well, when we're thinking about eight minutes in that sense for a go-kart race is I've got a a group of 15 people, okay? I want to get them leisurely from the VIP room to put their fucking drinks down, walk through the arcade, Look at the axe throwing, fuck with their friends, get in, pick out a helmet, identify what cart they're going to need, go to the cart, get in it, buckle in, adjust their pedals, adjust their steering wheel, watch the debriefing video that we have up there, get launched, do their race, get out, 
get their helmets undone, get their their results, all that shit. All those steps. Now, we just went from an eight-minute race to a 35-minute or 30-minute series. So as we're developing this as concierge, we have to know how long is that going to take because we don't want to just have this nonstop go, go, go between races because nobody's going to have a good time. We need to give people time to be relaxed. But also, we don't want people sitting around the entire time going, when the fuck am I going up next? So it's our job to figure that stuff out. Now, as we're going through and we're building these events, we're realizing that we didn't have this stuff planned out, so we need to start planning it. So a time study is kind of what we devised. We'll have somebody in the facility just walking through and doing it, and we're just going to go through and time it and see what it looks like, so at least we know where to start. Now, it's not going to be perfect. We're going to predict as much as we can with the knowns that we have. We know that they're going to need helmets. We know they're going to debrief. It's going to take four minutes. And then we know the racetrack is going to be eight minutes. And we know that the VIP room is 100 feet away from the door of the racetrack. All these things are knowns that we can factor in. But there's unknown variables like what are they going to do if they walk by axe throwing and somebody bounces an axe back and they stop to watch it for a minute or something like that. Any of those things... We can do our best to predict it, but ultimately we can't predict everything. And we just got to go with something, the best decision that we can come up with and modify from there. So as we're figuring this out, our business is getting stronger. We're getting better at being able to plan events. We're getting better at putting packages together and realizing that we really can't just have a cookie cutter. Here's what you get for your bachelor party. We need to make the event the amazing event for every single person. What are you interested? What are your friends interested in? How long do you guys want to spend? When do you want to do it? We don't want to just have it where it's this, if you want additional uh, extras and ask us for it, because that's a shitty business. But all this started because we were finally willing to break through that subconscious, I don't want to. And you're going to run into this shit all the time where you don't feel like you're ready to take a step forward. You don't feel like you're ready to do the next thing that you know needs to be done. You think you're doing it, but you're really not. This is what takes a good business to a great business. The willingness to get through that dip, to push through the unknown and just get started with the confidence of knowing I'm going to figure it out. Now, we had a meeting yesterday where we went through all this stuff, and it was, I mean, it was not the way we wanted to end our week. We were pretty frustrated as we went through it all because there was miscommunications. We all thought we were going a certain direction with it, but at the end of the day, none of that shit would have came to light if we hadn't taken the next step forward. We had the same thing with the kitchen. When I was specking out the kitchen, we had all this equipment of what we were going to get, and then when I went to go apply for the health department license... I realized we had a lot of shit wrong. Well, luckily, we were booking that health department license early on. Zach and Connor, we put them through ServeSafe and TAMS early. That way, as we're developing the bar, we're getting our inventory, and we're planning our events, we know we're doing things the right way by law. Getting through the dip, pushing yourself through where your subconscious doesn't want you to go, always yields great results. Always. Even if it goes shitty, the cool part about that is, is you learn something from it and it makes the rest of your business better. Honestly, the first person we approached about sponsorship, it went shitty. Didn't have any preparation, didn't know what to talk about. We had this mindset of, well, if your name's on our name, it's going to be popular. So you're going to get business. No, fuck no. That's not what sponsors want. 
Stepping back, I had to ask myself, if I was sponsoring somebody, what would I want? I want to know what my ROI is on it. How are you going to drive more people to me? We just had a meeting with Big B Coffee Company about sponsorship because, honestly, they're a local, large company. They're a franchise. They're fantastic. I'd love to have them as a partner at our facility. And the guy that we were talking to, he was very easy to work with, and he understood that we were trying to figure this out. We went into that meeting still not as prepared as what we'd like to be, but with every meeting we do, we're going to be more and more prepared. Now, he asked some questions, and he gave us time to be able to come up with some of the things that we didn't have answers to, but it's a coffee company. And he said, I'm not scared of any of these sponsorship packages, but I need to understand how does me sponsoring you drive more cups of coffee to my business? Everybody in this area knows about Bigby Coffee. We all know who they are. We see them everywhere. It's not putting their name on us isn't going to get them any further. We need to drive physical business back to them. And that should be our responsibility as a company, as somebody who is giving sponsorships out, we should be making an effort to give them a return on their investment because then they're going to want to sponsor with us more. Then they're going to want to give us more money. Our biggest sponsorship package is $25,000. Whole track sponsorship, whole fucking track. Yeah, banners everywhere. You have your logos all over our gear, our VIP room, our um, podium backdrop, our our, mer- our uh, banner flyers and banners and shit like that are, uh, as we go to events. But also the name of the track is yours. So let's say for Bigby, it's Bigby Raceway. Now you have 250,000 people a year that are booking out to go race on Bigby Raceway. There's definitely something to be said in somebody saying your company's name for you know recognizing that it's a... Uh, quality stable product. Um, familiarity is a good defining characteristic of if you're a um, if people are going to buy from you. If they've seen you before, they they trust it more. Um, if they've heard it before, it's even more so. So, but ultimately, we can't specifically quantify that. That's a component for it, and nobody will turn that away. But we need to see what can we physically do to quantify that to to give them that ROI on that investment. Well. That got me thinking about something else. You know, we're we're spending all this time doing these social media campaigns. And don't get me wrong, guys. These social media campaigns and these online ones are a fucking blast. We're having so much fun. We're getting so much engagement from it. People are talking about us, and that's what we need right now. But it's not converting to the amount of sales that we would need it to be. If we just relied on that, we would be in, we, we'd be up shit's creek without a paddle. We have budgets and we have responsibilities for sales that we put into place that we gave commitments to to our shareholders in the bank. But what we forgot was the most important and the most impactful way that you can make more business come to your facility for a brick and mortar is you. You go out. You go talk to people. You promote. You shake hands. As you do those things, people are going to be more engaged with it and you're going to have the ability to actually convert to sales because... We did, it, with social media and with online campaigns, you're leaving it to chance that they're going to make the decision to purchase it. You have no influence over that. They don't know that we're going to create an event that is based off of a time study of how long it takes to go to do a, a you know calm go kart event or like you know a leisurely I should say. You know, don't get me wrong, you'll go race your ass off for eight minutes, but the time walking to and back from the track and getting ready, we're going to have it so well detailed out that we give the best fucking experience that anybody could have. There's no way nobody can, can understand that on social media. That's something that when you're meeting a person in person, you can have the conversation. They can understand how much you thought through this 
and they'll have an understanding of how great of an event they're going to have with you. You have got to be that person who pushes through those dips. When your subconscious is telling you, I don't want to do this, we're not prepared for doing this, fucking go do it. Because your worst case scenario is you're going to make the rest of your business successful. It's like skipping leg day. You know, everybody hates leg day. Fucking hates it. You get to walk like shit for the next three days afterwards. But it has so many other benefits to it. Releasing additional testosterone, building your core strength, support your support muscles and everything, less injury to your body. All those things are because you're doing something that you don't want to do that are just added benefits. It's just the same for a business. If I go out and I'm talking to a new customer, I push myself through that dip, I'm going to learn our invoicing sucks. We need to change that. And we can make changes now early on. It's better than doing it later when you have this giant client that you have that don't have any relationship with that wants to book with you and you're fumbling through shit. Figure it out now by going to your 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 targets that are, you know, your friends, your family, your smaller companies, people that will understand if you're trying to figure this stuff out and let them know and they'll be open arms. You know, we went to Big B and when we we're having that conversation on sponsorship, we told them right off the bat, you know, this is we're learning through this. So we're we're we op- we're open to for you to have any suggestions where we might want to modify or change in your best interest to make this work. And he immediately starts talking about other people that he could connect us with to help make this happen as well. It's being a fucking person and pushing through that mental I don't know what to do. You'll figure it out. Just take a step forward. If you get through that mental wall, you're going to see your business grow, not just in that one thing you're working on, but in all aspects holistically. It will get better in all components. It's going to identify your weaknesses. It's going to identify the things that you need to make modifications to, and you have the opportunity to before they become a fucking problem. And that is the best thing that can happen to your business.